service you right just so when you touch down And take off the uniform, the bond you form Never look warm and that's why we on the dismount So you ain't gotta re-enlist to hang out No need to be on your feet, but please pay attention To Charlie Mike on the mic and let's get reconnecting Here on Dismount Spell you fire from the fire team on Dismount Spell you fire from the fire team on Dismount Veterans and focuses up here on Dismount I think got it. Hey, you, there you go. Hey, we did it. What up, buddy? It's usually a trial and error the first the first go around, but I did first I did find time. you. Yeah, it, what it is is when when we use the app, um, I think you have to favorite us or something, and then I can find you as a. As a friend on on the app, yeah, it's just like everything else we're trying to use. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, welcome to the dismount, man. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, what up? We, we finally, what up, finally have a chance to hop on this uh, podcast and stuff. So, um, I know I kind of ran ran through kind of the gist of it. Um, mm-hmm. The dismount. If I if I haven't had a real chance to discuss it, because me and you obviously play more video games and stuff than anything else. We do talk about a lot of veteran-related shit, usually. Um, but now we just have a little home to share for it as a special guest and everything else. Um, I love it. So the, the dismount kind of came to be over a lot of things, right? Um, mm-hmm. Became a space and an idea and like a thought of, of changing the way I looked at, personally, uh, my time transitioning away from the military. And it, it, I gave it a name. It, it, became, uh, it became the dismount. Right, and I know you're familiar like with the term, right? So it instantly with most vets, I think a lot of us would already understand what that means, right? Dismounting from a vehicle, you're done with the mission for the day, whatever else, blah blah blah. Um, so the hope is uh, to have more people like us join together, have a discussion stuff, and and kind of discuss leaving the military, um, the other vets, learning some tips, giving some advice, and just kind of sharing. Whatever's on your mind about it. It doesn't have to be necessarily, oh, oh I went in as this, I got out as this. These are mm-hmm. like, it's kind of up to you. Uh, the field is pretty open for pretty uh, wide scope of things because I think personally, every veteran has important stories, important insights on things, not only joining the military, during the military, but also afterwards. And it's also oh, great to have people who have been in different branches and stuff. Um, so if you wanted to, I'll leave it as an option for you. Just kind of gloss over some of the basics branch. You went in, if you'd like to share you know, I or whatever else, and we can run into whatever topic you want after that. It's no big deal. Perfect. Well, um, I was a staff sergeant E five air force, uh, Michigan air national guard, my whole 12 year, uh, stint. I activated, Tons of times at different active duty bases. I deployed. I I did my share and got my share. And uh, it's actually good if we ever have questions and stuff, though. I was also in charge of the transition assistance program on my base, so I do have a lot of I do have a lot of knowledge about that. What happens after I leave? What I've been doing for my whole adult life. That's, that's what was me. That was that was my whole. I got out last year, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm a civilian now. Fuck me. <laughs> what do I do?" 
Exactly. You gave me goosebumps when you said that because it's it, it. I know you glossed over it earlier on when we had started talking and stuff, uh, and we we you know we found each other on social media just like other vets and stuff have been doing lately. You know, I mean, there's so many platforms we can all kind of reconnect. And I had a couple of discussions prior to with a, uh, some other guests on connecting with them using social media, especially because we're all staying at home and stuff. So uh, not all of us text. We don't always keep in contact with buddies regularly, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And it's not a personal mm-hmm. thing, obviously. I know no. I mean, you kind of touch on that. Um, so it's it's been amazing. I've, I've touched base with people that I didn't think I would talk to, um, mm-hmm. acquaintances mm-hmm. whatever else via Facebook, Instagram, you name it, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitch has been a really awesome place for us, right? It's been, it's Absolutely. been great. It's amazing, great especially the gaming after, community. Uh, Very welcoming. After Mixer took a dump. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't see that happening, but it, it did. Oh. And it happened. It's no big deal. Um, but we, we adapt and switch over. Yep. Um, so, I mean, we get the gist of, of kind of your background and stuff. And mm-hmm. do you think your kind of insider knowledge with, with that transitioning, do you think that that played a part in not being as overly stressed as most of us usually do when, when we leave? Absolutely the fuck not, because I didn't even go through the transition assistance program. <laughs> I just got the fuck out. I was like, I'm done. I'm and done. most of us usually do, right? I mean, for whatever and reason. Like being... Being National Guard, like we're not held to the same standards necessarily as active duty. Like, because with active duty, it's pretty much it's part of your out processing. It's like, yeah, all right, it's you got to go four spiel. days to fucking go do whatever with the transition assistance people. Us, it's like, eh, you can go. And like, I was going to because I knew all the in and outs and I could be like, oh, well, I could make some money off of this because I could have them send me to Phoenix and this and that. Yeah, like the class. And then they were like, oh no, you would just drive down to Wright Patterson in Ohio. And I was like, oh, fuck that. Fuck Wright Patterson. Fuck that. Like, you're going to send me to somewhere cool. Because, like, we would always have it in, like, a big ass hotel in a super nice city. Like, I mean, that's relative for Michigan because most of our cities suck. But, like, we'd have it in Grand Rapids. And it was super awesome, and there was tons of food, and we'd have, like, the whole com- the whole city was about it, too. They would send everybody. There'd be wow. restaurants there that would be giving out free samples during breaks. We had fucking the massage therapy college there had, like, what chairs that you just lay in. <clears throat> no. You'd in the chair and take off your blouse, and just, they'd rub your shoulder and neck, or your spouse, or whoever you brought, and it was a, it was a cool shit, day. dude. We had a good time. That's that's crazy. Now I'm obviously between you and me, Army and Air Force. Mm-hmm. There's there's oh, d- yeah. different definitely different uh, different things that we we have access to. I guess uh, the yeah my time active and everything else was a little different. But my last few years, I did I did National Guard, Army National Guard. So I understand did that you part. Do the pallet where, chase. Uh, <laughs> kind of ish. Kind, kind of, kind of. It was, it was really weird for me. Um, I left on different terms, you know, medically wow. discharged, all that, all that fun stuff. Right, 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 um, right. so I wasn't personally ready to leave, whether I knew the process or not. It, it didn't matter yeah, to true. me. I think what ends up happening is a lot of us, um, 
for, for whatever our personal reasons are for leaving or transition away from military, um, we forget that we need to meet ourselves where we're at currently, you know, like for you, it was like, I'm done. I'm out. I know I have these resources, but it's not something that's viable for right now. I just need to, you know, cut ties and, and get moving on, on the next stage of life is kind of my impression of what what it sounds like. Oh, it, it was life or death. I mean, it was just so toxic and yeah, just so disheartening in my unit that like, I mean, we can save it for a different episode, but it was life or death. It was, it was, it was, I had to pick being with my family and being on earth or continuing to make very good money for my age without a degree. Yeah. And it slowly killed me. It And it's, it's a thing. It's like, sometimes you need a career change. Sometimes you've, you've mm-hmm. maxed out your, your, your room to move up or, or mm-hmm. left or right. And I remember when you said that I reminded me of my wife also, also air force she had kind of a similar thing. It, it becomes kind of toxic, especially at an NCO level, you know, you're given oh, yeah. just like any branch, you're given um, more responsibility and less pay kind of thing. Obviously you, you're, or you're, mm-hmm. you're holding a position that's a rank or two above. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they expect you as NCOs, non-commissioned officers, right? They expect you mm-hmm. to perform your tasks and duties and take the stress and somehow digest that and go back home and be a functioning member of your own household, which is, which is not always easy because it's, it's hard to deflate just like anybody else in a high stress, um, you know, work, work environment. It's funny you say that because like, I look at it this way. Like I was, I was a fairly young staff sergeant. Like I think I got it at 23, 24. Oh yeah. Pretty good time. And that jump between E4 and E5 is, I don't say that I didn't handle it or it wasn't ready per se, but the amount of stress it gets is more like someone who's in their thirties and has been at like a company for five years, like for 10 or 12 years. Like, cause I mean, once you become an NCO, it's, it's all of the responsibility I would argue. Cause you're in charge of day to day, everything yeah. that happens, you're in charge of training And then whatever shit you actually have to do, like, oh, I'm also the safety rep, the morale trustee, the The other hats you wear. And so, like, you have more responsibility than I would argue anybody that's E7 to E9. Maybe not E9, but no, yeah, yeah. Those first two senior NCO levels, um, they're more of a niche type thing, usually. once you get up there, what, what I think this is my opinion. I, mm. I've been speculating on this, trying to figure out, cause we have, we have some civilians that listen in and everything else um, to kind of gauge it on a civilian counterpart. I would wager your first line leadership, your first, you know, buck sergeant, and whatnot, NCOs that E5, E6, it's like going from an employee to a manager or a department Not even just head. Manor- yeah, I was going to say more like a department or regional manager. Yeah, I mean, that kind of level. Your job. Exactly. Because I mean, case by case. With, yeah. But the workload, the scope of responsibility, everything else, like that's the jump. And I think um, 
not only for us as as service members and veterans and stuff, but also civilian population and family and whatnot, they don't understand. That's kind of the comparison that we usually have. Though, if you try to take those same skill sets at that same rank, you're not always going to get that position, that counterpart mm-hmm. position, even in your your work field, because you kind of have to start over and improve yourself, which is understandable. I get it. But the like you were saying, the, the amount of stress, the workload, the responsibility mm-hmm. is that level. And the, the military expects you to hold that. Well, you hold it, but you got to think about this. When I think of like, maybe not a region, like when I think of a regional manager, unless they've been with a company for 15, 20 years, they probably came into that position with a degree, with True. training, True. with with higher learned skills from classes. When yes. you get... When you get, like, staff sergeant, for my case, I had a six-week course in Memphis, Tennessee, and that's it. Like a basic leadership-type course, usually? Basic fucking leadership, and it wasn't even all that. It was mostly just about bullshit forms and stuff that the Air Force used, not really all leadership qualities. So, like, I basically – I mean, I made my own leadership philosophy. I – took from other leaders that I already had, but I never had a degree for it. I earned it. And then I got thrown into it and I had to figure it the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. You, so then, you, you might have a mentor too, but I mean, yeah. if you're lucky, but like you were saying, you, you got it kind of a young age and looking back, I might've gotten my E5 around the same yeah. age range. And I would say, and, and correct me if you have a different opinion on this. Um, I would say mm-hmm. most of us going to the military, you know, we, it, as they do, they break you down from whatever you were and they rebuild you in, in however is needed for that branch of service and whatnot, your job and everything right. else. So in try. doing so, yeah, they try. In doing so, there's always a chance your maturity level kind of fluctuates, I'd say. You know, uh, yes. there's a good chance that if you didn't go in very mature, there's, there's a chance you might be bumped up a little bit or, or it fluctuates a bit. But you have to kind of relearn that level of maturity beyond, you know, a young young adult, because now you're you're a leader. Now you're in charge of other people, soldiers, airmen, etc. Right. Right. Well, that's the hard part about like like active duty. It was. I'll put it to you this way: When I was activated, I was always shit hot. You got a hundred percent of me every day, every second, every hour, like just full throttle all the time. But when I would come home and I would switch uniform to civilian, like, I mean, there were points, fuck, where I was like a pizza delivery guy, but I was also airman of the year on Selfridge. Like, so like (laughs) my life is just fluctuating back and forth as a national guardsman. And like, I can put the maturity level to you this way. I joined the air national guard for beer money. Okay. I was 19. I went to drill I want to say it was like my fourth or fifth drill back actually in my unit, not in like the student flight, getting ready to go to basic and training and stuff. Like we were separated from our actual job unit. We were in our own little special playpen plane, basically. (laughs) Like we would march to chow. They would make us do pushups and that was it. And I got paid for it. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can do this all day. I don't care when I go to basic training. Yeah. Yeah. The whole one week a month kind of thing yeah. real, real sets in. Um, what time frame was that, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, 2000 and, well, the story I'm talking about would have been 2008. 
Okay. And I went to drill wasted. Like, I mean, I stopped drinking at like 530 in the morning or something. And we ended up having one of the girls that stayed the night drive all three of our drunk asses to drill. Just oh, yeah, that's usually Our friends were firefighters, so they could go and hide somewhere and sleep. Unfortunately, I wasn't. So I was like sitting at my desk like. I can't even go to fucking stand up right now. Like yeah, I can't. You, you I can't learned some interesting function. life skills that you didn't think you needed. Yeah. <laughs> but functioning, yeah, functioning drunk, and but then they sat me down. They wrote my discharge papers for me, and I was like, oh. And they were luckily, I had good mentors though. Some of them. One of them wanted me out right that second. Then another guy saw potential. Whatever he saw, come down the line, he saw himself when he joined. Yeah. And he was like, it's going in my desk. I'm your supervisor. And like our superintendent was like, no. And he was like, listen, it's going in my desk yet six months. You fuck this up. You're out. Dishonorable discharge. Go fuck yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. A lot of times that's what it takes. A swift kick in the ass. And and you get someone who performs. Oh, no. They they played the long con on it. (laughs) Because then they got me E4. Which I was like, it hasn't even been the six months. What's going on? Why are you promoting me? Then they sent me to Nellis Air Force Base, Nevada. Didn't know my tech sergeant spent his whole active duty career there. His whole 12 years. Oh, wow. So he knew all of the higher up enlisted and civilians out there. I'm talking like GS 12, 13. Oh, geez. Yeah. Everybody. Like Colonel, all the, Colonel all the know, know-how people. Yeah. Like, we're talking about our traffic management, like, officer, civilian counterpart to the commander, stuff like that. So he sent me out there for three months, and I wasn't even 21. So I got there, and I, like, made a conscious decision. I remember the first day, because I met everybody. Good-looking girls, cool dudes my age that were a little bit older, so they buy me alcohol because I was 19. I was like, ooh, all right, this is going to be a good little three months. We're going to have a good time. We're going to do some naughty stuff. We're going to drink. It's going to be a good time. And then I, <laughs> But then I got back to my room after day one, and I called my supervisor, and I was like, yeah, I'm here. I met everybody. It's awesome. There's some ladies. It's going to be a good time. And he's like, all right, remember, you're still in six months. And then, but he didn't say dickish. It wasn't douchey. He just kind of shot it in there real quick and then followed up with like, I'm glad you're in the officer dorms. I'm glad this, this, you know, call this dude in the morning. He'll get you a GOV so you can have a car. And I was like, oh, okay. Nice. And then, but subconsciously it, it clicked, like it got in there. And so I was just like shaving and showering. And then I just looked at myself and I was like, are you going to fuck up? Or are you going to prove those assholes wrong? Nice. And then I went back to work the next day. They were like, hey, man, what do you want me to pick you up from the class six? I'll pick it up. I'll drop it off to the hotel, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I got I got my PT test in like a couple months. So I probably shouldn't drink. I should probably really get on the running. It's nice out here. Like made a bunch of like really convincing excuses. So I didn't even have to talk about it again. They were like, oh, yeah, we got your back, man. Nice. And nice. So... But then I I just chilled. I had a good time still. I saw Vegas through clear eyes instead of half shut drunk eyes. It was That's actually really beautiful. Went on some hikes, went to some museums, went to some hookah lounges, had some oh, amazing. Nice. So like it was a good time. So I come back and like it's like 
my E6 gave me to now one of my best friends, and he was in my wedding. Uh, my friend, we'll just say friend B. And okay. so I was his first subordinate. So it was like a learning curve. And it was really good because he was a real shut-in and I was a real hothead. And we kind of really like, got him out of his shell. And then he made me re- realize I don't have to punch everything that doesn't, you know, go with my plan. <laughs> but uh, so he's sitting there, tells me all that. And then my tech sergeant pulls out the paperwork, lights it on fire and throws it in the garbage can. And he was like, good job. And I was like, cool. And we're just like sitting there in silence. And then I like kind of looked down at the garbage can. I was like, I should probably go get the fire extinguisher. He was like, absolutely. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is some wild shit, dude. That's, that, that's obviously, uh, it sounds like a a big turning point in your, in your military career right there. Kind of, uh, it changed like my whole life. Which is yeah. where that, that jumping back and forth goes, though, because coming right off of that, I was, I got Airman of the Year. I got like, I was shit hot. But then I got back into civilian life for a while and I was like, eh, whatever. Well, that's oh, the whatever. one thing that's interesting about like National Guard Reserve that, that active duty only individuals might not, might not kind of uh, keep in mind. Obviously, there are some active duty who, who transition in and mm-hmm. then do the rest of the time you know, reserve national guard, whatever else, but you have to wear those two hats automatically all the time. So that deflating from deployments or high tempo missions or whatever else, like you have to be able to switch it on and off. And I've had this discussion with a couple of buddies as well, um, where you have to be, like you said, like hot shit on point, getting shit done. And then on the other hand, you have to turn that off and just Mm be civilian. You, which is not always easy, and it takes a little practice. Especially going back into like a civilian position. Hardest thing I've ever done was like we had a drill, but then they put me on a couple days of orders because we had something going on. Right. And something was like 18-hour shifts, like we were sleeping at our desk. It was real-world stuff. Yeah, and it's a a switch. You can get back in that mode probably even today. Right. I can do that. It's hard to get out of it, especially yeah. when, like you said, at a young age, I've been put in charge of stuff that most adults wouldn't want to touch. At yeah. That that's point. that's like, usually a bulk of your adult life. Right there. I remember I tried to get a job. I know I'm always all over the place with stories. I tried to get a job um, at a trucking firm as a logistics manager and okay. the president was looking at my stuff and he was like, Oh my God, you've done so much awesome stuff. This is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to go meet the owner tomorrow. And I was like, sweet bro. So we go meet the owner. He's looking at my resume, looking at all this. And he was like, there's no way you've done this stuff in (laughs) six or seven years. And I just kind of pulled my folder back from him, got up, put my blazer on. And like the vice president was like, Whoa, what are you doing, dude? Like, hold on, hold on. And I was like, Nope. You're cool. Fuck you. Fuck your company and go fuck yourself. And I just walked <laughs> out because I knew my fucking work. Like, but that's the hard part though, because that military side of me came out. And yes. because I was like, bitch, I've shipped and been in charge of literally more money worth of assets in a single afternoon than you will make in your entire life. Yeah. Like, that's, and that, that, were, 
that's where that disconnect comes in. This trying to switch hats, though. I lost a lot of opportunities and jobs because of my hot headed, like, go fuck yourself, dude. Like, the very direct NCO type check. thing. Yeah. And, oh. and it's coming out of that environment, it's, it's hard to remember that we still have to sell ourselves regardless. Because oh, we know what our value is, we know what we've done on the military side, but it's mm-hmm. never going to be uh, interchangeable. It just isn't because our mentality is we're going we're gonna to go do the same shit. We have done it. We did it for the government. Mm-hmm. Um, but mind you, if you were like a, like a government contractor or, or I was you know, something like too. that, you know, those, those same things, even if you did the same damn shit, would hold more weight just because mm-hmm. it's, it's a difference of perception. And I yeah. think not only us as individuals, we, we come off, and I've, I've done it too. We come off with a chip on our shoulders. Not we don't do it intentionally to be, you know, rude yeah. or, or disrespectful. But it, it's just we know what we've done, what our worth is, and you know, we mm-hmm. come from an environment where our rank, our our um, our laundry list of shit we've done, you know, uh, you wear all it on your chest. <laughs> exactly, it speaks for it. Exactly, but it just it's even if you translate it into civilian language, right? Even if you mm-hmm. get a resume written back, there's a, sometimes, like you said, they're going to take your age into account and still have a very hard time uh, validating mm-hmm. what you're, what you're putting on. Even if you have, you know, letter, letters of recommendation or, or all these yep. other things, like it just doesn't hold the same value and weight. And unfortunately there's a disconnect in, in that transition point oh, that yeah. not only for us, in understanding we're going to hit that wall and being offended by it, which I'd, I've done plenty of times, mm-hmm. uh, but also for the employers, right? And the, the recruiters and, and hiring managers, all those people, they, unless they're military, they're probably going to be like, okay, you're, you're, you're padding your resume, which is yeah. sad. But I mean, I don't blame them, but right. they're, they're a disconnect on both sides on that. That makes it hard. That resume that I gave him, I can guarantee you there was stuff on there that he was probably like, there's no way. There's no oh, yeah. way they would let somebody this young do this. I remember I went to a FedEx interview and I had my resume with me. Like I got the interview and he was like, all right, you're here for the position of Packer. And I was like, eh, no, I'm actually here to talk to you about that. And he's like, wait, what? I was like, that's the only position you guys have posted, but here's my resume. I've literally done everything in this whole warehouse that you guys do i am fedex for the government and i do all of it so how about a manager (laughs) position and they're like we're not giving a manager position to someone who's funny too and i was like why i've already i've already have like accounts that are like millions of dollars and i i dick with them all the time like i don't see the difference like what makes you special because you went to school for three years I have yeah, functional real world job knowledge. That's and that's unfortunately the thing because I, I I ran into very similar and I know other people have too, especially oh, if yeah. you you don't have the degree or even if you're working on a degree and you're not done with it, they'll still look at it and be like, well, well, what what on the civilian side gives them that warm and fuzzy that that validates that stuff and, and right. they they just don't have it. We don't have anything that's equivalent. It's just a piece of paper. That's what it is. Unfortunately, that's the case. And I know, like, speaking of college and stuff, my my wife's going going back to college now. She's finally getting the chance to do that. But 
I remember awesome. she told me that. Yeah, I'll, I'll let her know that as well. Uh, I, I remember she told me some of the Air Force training you guys go through, some of the schooling you guys go through for your jobs and stuff, uh, usually rate better with college credits in, in a, a oh, like yeah. similar degree space, right? Um, than than most branches. And I I know I know the Navy kind of has something similar stuff, and Marines and Army we're kind of shit out of luck. Most of our shit is like elective credits. I know because I that's most of my shit i was like well that that fucking sucked so um so i can i can tell you i can give a bunch of advice because one i didn't finish my commute because the air force takes those credits and not only do they do transfer over into very good credits i only had to take four elective classes and i would have gotten an associate's degree in logistics management from the community college of the air Force. exactly but never finished it and i can't refinish it once you're out you can't get it uh, so gross. i all i had to do was take a motherfucking math class and my stubborn ass was like i'm not hindsight man algebra class. hindsight i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to pay one of my daughters to do it because i'm I, I don't remember how to do algebra <laughs> it's hard as an adult learner going back I, it is it is a that's a whole nother mess oh man Definitely. i i I would rather try and learn how to count cards like Rain Man than try and <laughs> fucking. That's I mean, it's true. A lot of us don't. Um, we don't have the foresight being in outside no, of no. looking at our current position, our career. So much more money. Yeah, outside of our our current position, our career, our MOS, whatever it is you're doing, mm-hmm. and and what steps you need to make rank and move up. Uh, we don't have that. Yep. Most of us don't have that insight of, you know, maybe I should take advantage of college mm-hmm. credits. Maybe I should get a, 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 at least an AA degree and get that done. Like we don't think about that until we, till we need to, unfortunately. The, the only people that get that high insight are the people that only joined for that. Yeah, that's true. And I understand that now. Like me, I, I joined for beer money and then fell in love with my job. Like after that Nellis deployment, yeah. that wasn't a turning a point just for like, I guess my maturity because I was over somebody. Yeah, that happens. Older than me, and most of my career, I've had subordinates that were many years older than me. Yeah, because I was a young staff sergeant, especially when you go into active duty. There, there's senior airmen that are like twenty five, twenty six, or even in the guard, it's worse. There's senior airmen that are in their fucking fifties and like late forties. Yeah, I mean, some of them transition and, out well, and just want to carry out the last few years and stuff maybe yep. stuck at e4 or some shit yeah and it happens yeah it's um it's a, a a really strange range of ages and maturity levels and stuff and then uh responsibilities yeah. given you know obviously to people who who earn it step up but also there are on occasion yeah. some people who don't want it or you know aren't ready for it but are oh, given yeah. just to see if they can handle it all kinds of stuff but hey you know what um i'm 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 a, I'm, yep. I'm gonna cut it around now because it's pretty decent time. We can pop up again afterwards. Um, yep. And I had the thought I was gonna toss this out to you right now. Um, I had this mm-hmm. thought a while back, um, kind of inspired by the whole 22 push-ups, um, you know, 22 day yep. kind of thing. It was more along the lines of 22, 22 shots. 22 shots. Uh, I do back in the day, sure, of course. Right. But uh, 22 <laughs> minutes, spending 22 minutes just talking to another vet or a family member or whatever okay. else, right? Kind of what we did now. We we talked for at least 22 minutes. 
um, a little bit more, which is great. Well, we're at 31. Yeah, and we could obviously go, go on further, but I've got uh, family yeah. texting me right now. i got to go get some stuff done, but we could hop on a little bit later. I think it's great. Okay. Um, that was pretty cool, and I like how the conversations just flow like that, man. It's This is, this yeah. is why I wanted to create a space for us vets to communicate and kind of touch base and share things just kind of oh, freely. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just easier sometimes talking to somebody else who's military. Just, Oh, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just out in my garage, smoking a bowl, having a beer, getting ready for stream. <laughs> Outstanding, bro. Do that every day. Nice. Like, so I'm, I'm excited for this. Now, if we did multiple episodes, would we just try and cut it and then just wait a little bit and then restart? Yeah, we could totally do that. So what I would do is I would end this one sure. and then send you another uh, link invite and keep going. I can chop okay. them together. The app worked perfect because it, it even gave me a notification. Like I wasn't even in the app and it was like, oh, this mom wants to start recording with you. Nice. Boom, threw me in the room. I hit join record or recording and boom. You're yeah, good. it's outstanding. So I can cut out all the extra fluff and stuff, but I, I, honestly, sometimes I just leave it in because it's I just enjoy if I get if I get too sweary or rambly, please just send me a text. <laughs> Not a problem. Chill. Not a problem. We're usually pretty Bring good. Because when I start feeling comfortable with somebody, uh, the filter's gone. It goes back in its drawer and it never comes out again. <laughs> not a problem. Usually not even a big deal, man. I have my mind set for explicit, right. so it's not big. There's certain keywords I'll tell you later on, on which ones, but outside of that, okay. it's not even a big deal. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to finish up what I'm doing and jump on stream. So just text me whenever you get on and I'll shoot you an invite. Outstanding, man. Have a good one. I'll catch up with you soon. All right. You too. All right. Like, All right, see you, bud. Yeah.